Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. During the Fill in the Blank series, Pastor Justin shares with us the keys to discovering our purpose. So last week, it was a good service. I enjoyed it. I'm enjoying this message and I'm enjoying this series. And last week we talked about this. We talked about fill in the blank and how really, just to sum up the whole week, we've got a slide from last week. Just pull it up here. It says, God wants to know, wants you to know him more than he wants you to know his will. Real simple. Sometimes we wonder what God wants for us. Uh, we, we wonder that. We question ourselves. Uh, what does God want me to do? What is he, what's his will for my life? What am I supposed to do? Sometimes we think and we, we just wrap our minds around what that is so much and we get so carried away with it. But really what God wants from us is just us for us to know him. And the, and the thing is, the closer and closer we get to him, the more and more we'll actually learn some of these things along the way. That's just kind of how it works. And so sometimes... Uh, when you're in the middle of that and you're getting wrapped up and wondering, man, what, is, what am I supposed to do with my life? What is God's will for my life? What, I don't know quite where to go, what direction. The best thing I can tell you is just point yourself towards the cross and get to know Jesus because he wants you to know him. And the more and more you get to know him, the more you'll learn about what he's doing in your life. And last week we talked about this. We talked about how this is a constant thing. This is a daily thing. Um, Jesus would tell his disciples uh, along the journey uh, from, from come and see to come and see who I am. Jesus, that's how he walked around and gained his disciples. He said, hey, come and see, come and see, come and see. Follow me, follow me, follow me. And then about two and a half to three years into this journey where he was challenging the disciples and getting, him, uh, getting them to follow him on this journey and teaching them and, and, and instructing them along the way, um, he, he goes to him and he says, hey, if you, if you really want to be my disciple, then you have to take up your cross and follow me and do it daily. And at the time, we think about the cross and we think about Jesus hanging on the cross and we think about that and it was solely just a Jesus thing, but really, that's what was happening around the country at this time. Anybody that was, was guilty of anything was put to death on the cross if it, if it, if it deemed a death penalty, and so there was, there was crosses that would litter the, the, the countryside, especially the roads, because when you were going into a place, if you saw a, a body hanging from a cross, you knew that, this, this, that they were serious about, the Roman Empire was serious about these things. So, so it was kind of just a warning to people. So, so to t- when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me daily, that, was, that, was, that wasn't confusing to the disciples. A lot of things were confusing to the disciples, but that, was com- that wasn't confusing when he said, hey, it's gotta be a journey. If you are willing to follow me, if you are willing to be my disciple, then you have to understand that there's probably gonna be a death penalty attached to it. So when he says, take up your cross and follow me daily, it is a, it is a thing that we have to do every single day. It's a relationship that we build on. You just can't wake up every single day and, 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 and pretend that a relationship happens with your spouse, with your wife or with your husband or with a, with a son or a daughter or a, a sibling, wherever you are in your life and the relationships that you manage on a day-to-day basis. You can't just wake up and assume that that's going to happen and that a relationship is just gonna be there. You have to actually work at it. You have to communicate. You have to talk to one another. You have to know what's going on in each other's lives. That's how a relationship happens and that's how a relationship happens with Jesus. And, and, uh, and many of you, I don't know, I played sports when I was in high school, and so football, every single football game before we went out, we said the Lord's Prayer. You guys familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Anybody willing to recite it with me? 
No, did somebody say no? Did you say no? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not for me. No, thank you. But, but it, it, um, uh, Jesus instructed us on the Lord's Prayer. You guys know how it goes? Somebody, somebody, get, us, somebody get us started. There you go. Hey, you guys knew. All right, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be by name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where it gets a little tricky for, depending on what you learned, right? Okay, but let's stop there for a second, all right? What happens next? Anybody know? Give us this day, our daily, okay, that's where I wanna focus. Give us this day, our daily bread. Jesus is instructing us on how to pray. Okay, now, he, now what he's telling us is that here's a great pattern. Here's a great way for you to pray. Okay, we'll get into that some other time. Uh, but he's not saying, hey, every time you pray, you pray this. But he's saying, uh, our Father, so address him. I don't know what that was. Somebody that knows how to close those doors, when so you close those doors. Um, but he, he says, address our Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, praise him. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So it's not about me, it's about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then give us this day our daily bread. Okay, our daily bread. Now we can live, what, three days without drinking water? We can live about five, six days without eating something. But in order for us to be healthy, we should drink every single day. Doctors would say drink a gallon of water or more a day. We should eat healthy meals, right? So give us this day our daily bread. Now many people would, at the time that Jesus was saying this, that's really what they survived on. They, they survived on bread. And so they understood how important it was. Like if I'm going to survive, if I'm going to have this relationship that is growing, I need to eat this bread every single day. So when Jesus is the daily bread, he is something that we need to tap into every single day. In order for us to grow, in order for us to be nourished, in order for us to be uh, healthy in our relationship with him, it needs to be daily. So give us this day our daily bread. So it's so important for us to understand that when Jesus is instructing us to pray, he's telling us these different things, but one of the things he's telling us also is, is how important it is for us to build on the relationship that we have with him and build on it daily. And understand that like if we're not eating, like think about when you skip a meal, <laughs> you skip a meal, probably more, like the stomach just goes nuts, right? But imagine going a couple days without him, without eating. You, you like, like I, get, I get hangry, you know what I mean? We need to be hangry for Jesus, the way that we're lacking. If we're not eating the things that we need to eat, then we, we, we need to be uh, pouring into our, our, our walk with Christ, understanding what the daily bread is and just pouring into his word because when, when God speaks, it is, he's speaking to us through his word. There's no audible. I've never heard God talk to me with an audible voice, but there have been so many times when I have been studying his word and learning things that he has said and he has instructed and just learning more about him. Again, pressing into who he is, the more I've learned and the more I've heard from him. So when it talks about getting the daily bread, it is spending time with him and getting to know who he is. And the only place that you're really gonna be able to do that is by spending time in his word and by talking to him. So give us this daily, our daily bread. So I wanna talk about that because that's really where we're at today. And in uh, the fill in the blank, if we're gonna take our relationship seriously, if we're gonna take it to the next level, if we're really gonna do what we talked about last week and press in and get to know him a little bit more, 
there are sometimes things that hang up, or that, are, that are hang-ups that cause us not to be able to do that. And those are the things I wanna do. The, the, the fill in the blank today is really, all right, so what can I do to do that and what is preventing me and how can I overcome what is preventing me from building on my relationship? What is preventing me from getting my daily bread? What is preventing me from knowing Jesus more? What is making me not be as hangry as I need to be for Jesus? And so the first thing that I wanna share with you today is this, it's busyness. In our lives, we can become so busy that we don't have time. We feel like we don't have time for Jesus. Jesus, I'm too busy. The number one thing that today that I could think of that will cause you to slip in your relationship is just busyness. I think we have a slide for it, right? We just tossed it up just so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a visual for everybody. Busyness will slow you down. It'll slow you down in your life. If you become too busy, you can't spend time with Jesus it's so important for you to understand that, 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 that you make time for what's important, really, right? Like with your kids, if you have kids, you make time for what's important. And sometimes we don't make time for our kids. So what's really more important, the things that, that, uh, that you do at work or the things that are at home with your wife or with your kids, with your husband, with your relationship with Jesus, I can think about it, I've been there before. Like all of a sudden, my schedule's just so full, I feel like I don't have time. What I would challenge you with in, in, in this process, in this thing, to, to, in order to get your daily bread is, 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 is focus on his word before you start focusing on the technology every single morning, right? Like I don't know if you're like me, but typically the very first thing I'll do is I'll pop open my phone, see what happened on Facebook overnight, open up Instagram, open up whatever else I got going on, emails. That's really my first thing is, is I'm just gonna throw away all my junk emails real quick before I, I, I get up so that I know what to address in the morning. But before we even do that, I wanna challenge you to pick up what is really in my, on my phone, really for any of you that have a smartphone, is the most handiest thing that we've ever been able to, been, uh, as far as God's word is, is right in front of us. I mean, I don't have... This is the pastor speaking. I don't have a Bible on my, on my nightstand. That's probably a little bit sad for some of you, but like I read my Bible a lot on, on my phone. So I have it set so that at 7.30 in the morning, I have a, or 7.15 actually, that I have a text message that comes through and that's when I get my very first devotional that has a little short blurb about a verse and it, and it goes and explains the verse and I get to read through the verse. But that's, that's like the first thing that I've committed to every single day so that I'm not too, I'm not too busy to be able to start there. And it's, it's simple. Like that's through, that's through um, the Bible app. It's through different things that you can do to be able to start there. And so we, we're not too busy. You make time for what's important. So don't be too busy. There's a, there's a, a famous um, story in scripture that I, I like a lot. It's on the very first day of Anchor Church. We shared this. It was in Luke 10. And I wanna read through this a little bit with you. I wanna talk about busyness. Luke 10, verse 38. Uh, and this is Jesus and the disciples. And he said, while they were traveling, he entered into a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into their home. And she had a sister named Mary who, was, uh, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, 
But the one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. And so the, the, this, this story goes in and it talks about Martha and Mary and how they're getting the house ready and getting prepared for Jesus to come over. And I don't know if you're like me, but like, you know, unexpected visitors at my house are not a fun thing, right? Like, you know, sometimes the door knocks. And, and I remember when I was a kid, my, like one time my dad entertained a Jehovah's Witness coming to, to the house. And that's like number one thing you don't do because they'll come back, you know? And, um, and so he did that and they came back and I think he didn't have the heart to like say, hey, listen, don't come back here again, please. Um, so I remember one time like they knocked at the door and I was like, nobody ever knocked at my door because we lived on 10 acres in the middle of nowhere. So it was like, oh, somebody's at the door. And we came running around the corner and I remember my dad hopping out of his chair and like ducking underneath the, the, the door. He's like, hey, and I'm like, what? What's going on? He's like, it's the, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm like hiding. And, uh, and, but like, I don't know if you've ever been like that, but there's times like, you know, somebody knocks at the door and you don't really, like, there's times where I knock and I open up the door. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, you know, I don't, that's kind of the day and age that we live, right? Like the house isn't ready. So you don't want everybody to see the house all messy because our house stays messy. So anybody that's been to our house, you're like, oh, the house looks so good, so nice. Like, we worked before you got here. Like, we're sweating, and it's not because it's hot in this house. It's because we've been working for about two hours before you got here. So the same thing is happening here. Martha is just so concerned about the house, right? Preparing it, getting it ready for Jesus to come over. And she's so concerned. She's clanking the dishes. I don't know if you've ever done that. Like you're doing the dishes alone. You clank, clank them extra loud so that maybe you get a little more help. Anybody guilty of that? <laughs> I'm over here doing the dishes. Clank. Anyway, that's what Martha's doing. She's making all this noise, hiding stuff, putting stuff away, sweeping under the rugs. And she's getting herself all worked up. And Jesus is sitting there in their house and she's still doing all this stuff. And Mary is just sitting there at Jesus' feet, you know, listening to him hearing the stories and listening to whatever he's sharing in their house. And Martha's like so upset because she wants to spend time with Jesus, but she wants to make sure that the house is taken care of, that the cookies are ready, that they're not burning or whatever it is that they got going on over there. And she, so she complains and she says, hey, Jesus, tell, Mar tell Mary that she needs to help me. Like we, we gotta get this taken care of. And he said, no, 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 listen, she's doing the right thing. She's right here where she needs to be. And I, I love this because, you know, whether it's the house and there's similarities because that's how it is at my house all the time. We're trying to make sure it looks good for Jesus and, and all these different things, right? But like we become so busy, whether it's even in here, when we're talking about setting up the curtains and doing all these other things that we do every single time, it is very easy for us to forget that the reason why we do all of this like, we're setting up. There was nothing wrong with Martha setting up and making sure the house was nice for, for Jesus when he came over, right? We do the same thing before everybody single, every single person walks in here. We wanna make it look good in here before everybody gets here. But it's important for us to not lose sight of, of that relationship with him and hearing from him and spending time with him because it's very easy to let that slip away and become way too busy. So that's a big time distraction for us. And in order for us to be able to get our daily bread, spending time with Jesus every single day, sometimes we just say, you know what, we're too busy. The second thing is that there's competing voices. There's competing voices out there 
that make things a whole lot harder to hear, right? Like I could think about this, like I can, I, I, like I'm in the car and we've got a movie or songs playing and, and, the, and the kids are talking to each other and griping about this and yelling about this and, and Danielle and I are trying to have a conversation. This happens in the house all the time. Again, I have a six and a four-year-old. Uh, it happens in the house all the time where like we're trying to talk and all I hear in the background is daddy, 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 dad, daddy, dad, daddy, dad. And I'm like, what? Stop, I can't, I can't. I'm talking to mommy right now. Let me finish talking to her before you talk to me. Like, we've got a rule in our house. Like, you, if you want to talk to daddy, you just come and put your hand right here. But it doesn't work in the car. So at times, we've got all these voices and all these things. And I'm a very, I'm a very, I am very distracted by noise, as you saw earlier when I heard a noise over here a second ago. I'm distracted by noise. And there are so many competing voices in this world that will take us away from our opportunity to hear what God has to say. And I wanna challenge you with this, that sometimes you just need to separate yourself and get into a quiet place. Scripture will tell us to go into our, our prayer closet, meaning just to separate ourselves from everything else going on and just spend time with Jesus to get down on your hands and knees. And whether you do that in reality or you just do something very similar where you are separating yourself from all the competing noises, the voices and the different things that are going on, separate yourself. There have been plenty of times in my life, I remember times where I've spent time with God and I was just praying and I was literally on the side of a mountain and there was nobody around and I was just praying and that's where I felt like I could hear God speaking to me the loudest. And it was when I was completely away from all these other things and I rid my mind from all these other voices and these other things that are happening. And some of these competing voices that we hear in our head are some of like the ones that I talked about last week when I talked about the, the, the enemy. Satan will come in and will, he'll try to tell you all kinds of lies, tell you that, 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 that you're unaccomplished or you can't do these different things. But I'm telling you that the voice of truth in every single scenario will tell you a different story. And there's a song that says that there's the voice of truth will tell me a different story. And it's true. If you will take the competing voices out, tell them to get away from you and just spend some time with Jesus, spend some time with him and his word and his, and his, um, in, in prayer and, and, and spend time in his word. I'm telling you, you, you'll be able to hear him a little bit more and be able to hear what he is leading in your life. And the third thing that will distract us and prevent us from hearing or being able to have that daily bread is just an unprepared heart, an unprepared heart. Meaning this, that, that you have to have a place where you're ready and you're willing to be able to receive what God is, is, is maybe even pouring over you even in this moment. Right, like you have to have the right type of, of heart that is ready to receive what God wants. Like sometimes we have a hardened heart where we just don't wanna hear something. Anybody ever tell you something that was true and you knew it was true, but you didn't wanna receive it? it happens to me often in my, my relationship with my wife, right? She'll say, hey, you're, you're this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right, but I don't wanna let you know that you're right, you know? And, uh, but that's the same thing with, with this unprepared heart. Like we can read through scripture and we can learn more about him, but if we're not ready to receive it, if we're not ready to come to him with open arms saying, hey God, teach me, show me your ways, show me what you want me to know, show me how I can follow you more, show me how I can have a stronger relationship with you. If you're not ready and prepared, it's just not gonna hit. Like I can tell you right now, like if I had some seeds that like I just, my, my son like loves to, I don't know, we have like 17 packets of seeds that we've never planted at my house because every time we go to, to Home Depot, he wants to buy some seeds to plant and I have good intentions of actually planting them, but we never do. But they cost like 
45 cents, so it's a very easy thing to be able to say, yeah, we can buy as many seeds as you want. Yes, anyway, so we have these seeds, but if I were to bring some of those seeds here today and just throw them on the ground and say, hey, listen, in about two weeks, we're gonna have some awesome flowers up here, you would look at me like, this guy's nuts. And the reason being is because this ground is not prepared to receive these seeds. There's nothing wrong with the seeds, but this isn't the right ground. We've got to prepare our hearts and prepare ourselves to be able to receive this so that when, when the, the, the word is coming at us like it is now when we open up the scripture and we start to pray, we're open up to whatever God wants us that we're ready to receive the seed that God is already throwing at us so that it'll start to grow and it'll start to flourish. But we've got to have prepared heart for it. So with these three things, busyness, the competing voices, and the unprepared heart, how can we combat these? What is the solution? And, uh, and I wanna say this, the first one is this, that God speaks as we read his word. God speaks as we read his word. So when we start to, to read some of this, and we start to hear what God is, is, is doing and, and starts to share with us, he will begin to speak more and more as, as we uh, as we hear, so we have a slide. I'm, I'm, I'm thrown off by that, but it's up here, I think, right? God speaks as we read his, there it is, okay, thank you. So God speaks as we, as we read his word. So the more and more that we spend time with him, the more and more that we actually rid ourselves of the busyness and we spend time in his word, we sit down and we free our, ourselves and free our time. And I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be a whole lot. If you committed to just five minutes every single day, he'll begin to speak to you. And this is so true in my life. There are many times in, in, in a, on a weekly basis where I feel like, man, I've, I've just, I don't, I'm not in tune with, with what God's doing in, 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 in this day. And there are times where I think, well, I don't know if I've, if I've spent as much time in his word that I need to be. And so the, the times that I'm most energized and most charged is the more times that I'm actually reading the scripture and, and, and I'm more into his word. And so I wanna challenge you with that this morning that, that you get into his word and start learning more and more about what he's doing and, and because the more you get into it, the more you're gonna hear from him. We have some scripture here, I think, uh, that I wanna share with you that is uh, out of, was it? Um, we're gonna go Samuel, Samuel chapter three. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. This is a little story. It says this. This is Samuel, and this is kind of the introduction um, to who he is and his, and, his, um, and his, we'll get into it. The boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence, and in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and the prophetic visions were not widespread, so Samuel was not in tune, was not there with, with God at this time, uh, was not hearing things, was not understanding things. He was just this is his introduction. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his room. Eli's a religious person, a priest. He's the, he's the head of the house of the Lord. Before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was located. So this was the physical presence of the Lord at the time. The lamp, there's some, there's some, there's some significance there. Uh, and then the, the Lord called to Samuel and he said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. So Samuel hears this. He hears the Lord speak to him, here I am. And, and he ran to Eli, thinking that Eli was the one that called to him. And he said, hey, well, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, I didn't call, go back and lie down. So he went and laid, lied back down. And once again, the Lord called Samuel. 
And then Samuel got up and Eli said, here I am, you called me. And he said, I didn't call you, my son. He, he replied, go back and lie down. And now Samuel had not experienced the Lord because the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. But once again, for the third time, the Lord called to Samuel and he got up and went to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. And Eli understood that it was the Lord that was calling out to him. He felt, it dawned on Eli what was happening. So in verse 10, no verse 10? There it is. The Lord came and stood there and called, as befo- called him before. The Lord came, stood there, and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. And so in this and what we see in this is that Samuel was in a place where he was, he was in the right place, right? He was in a place that was ready to receive, to, to understand the word, to hear the word. He was in the, laying in the tabernacle of the Lord. He didn't yet know the Lord, didn't yet know God, but he was surrounded by people who knew him and who cared for him and knew, who knew God. And he was in the position or in a place where, uh, where God was, was talked about or God was physically present. And so the very sim- similarly, it's a word that I struggle with, but here at Anchor Church, we sit in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is here. It's a promise to us by Jesus says when two or more are gathered in his name that he's going to be here by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And there are people here that you're surrounded around that may know stuff and know more about Jesus or may, may know more about God than you might. And that's what's so important about a body of Christ, a church, is that we can come here and understand that maybe God is speaking um, and maybe God is, is pouring out to us and we're not ready or we're not quite hearing it and we're not quite understanding it, but there are people here that care about you. There are people here that will help you and people that will walk with you. And that's important for us to understand. And, and, and that's really kind of the second one is God speaks as we cultivate his presence. So the more and more that we understand that he is here and that he is present, that we work on that relationship with him and that we cultivate that, 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 that his presence, so we begin to understand, hey, listen, uh, even when I'm in a place in a, in a church on Sunday morning and God is speaking and God is working, maybe in a group, that's why it's so important to be a part of a group at Anchor, Anchor Church. We have these anchor groups where we want you to come and, and be a, a part of a group with somebody, learn more about Jesus, learn more about scripture, learn more about each other, and just do life with people. It's because you are cultivating this ground. You are walking with people that may have already walked where you are walking. You are going through things that, that uh, maybe somebody has already gone through before and often there is going to be somebody there that may know something about what God's will is because they have uh, spent this time, they have gone through the trenches, and they are there to help you. That's what it's all about, for us to be able to come together and learn more about each other and learn more about each other's walk and each other's testimony and, and hear how God has been doing different things in each other's life. And, uh, and we begin to see his presence when we get to, to be a part of the church. And that's why it's so important for us to be a part of groups like this. And the third thing is this, that you can do to combat these three different things that slow us down from our daily bread, is that God speaks as we get planted in the church. 
the more and more that we get planted in the local church, the more and more that we become involved and get into what God is doing here at Anchor Church or get more involved in what's happening in our groups and different things like that, the more you'll be able to understand what he is doing in your life. And he's challenging you and he wants you to come and take these next steps. And I don't know where you are in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe uh, Jesus is kind of this foreign concept and you don't quite understand what it means to actually have a relationship with him, that it is a decision that you make in your life. He died on the cross for your sins and he is here to receive you, but he's just waiting for you to call upon his name so that he uh, can begin this relationship with you. Or maybe you've decided a long time ago that you have a relationship with him. It's so important for us to come together in a place to be able to be in a church, to be a part of a body together. And, and, and all these great things get cultivated and grow and happen when we are in this thing together. And it's so important for you to be here somewhat of a regular basis because God is doing big things and God is, is shaping this church in a way that you can be a part of whether it's by serving or being a part of, by, by being a part of a group or by, um, by just being present every single day or every single time that we get together to do different things. But it's so important to be a part of the body because it, it just holds everything together. There's a verse in Psalms, if Micah, if you'll pull it up, there's a Psalms in chapter 92, uh, verse 11 through 13. It says this, my eyes look down on the enemies and my ears hear evildoers when they attack me. The righteousness thrive like a palm tree and they grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courtyards of our God. And when we talk about being planted in a place like this, being planted in a church, being planted here in a place where people care about you, where they want to get to know you, where they want to see you grow, they want to see you make these, these steps where you are growing closer and closer to Jesus, where you're growing closer and closer to Christ, that you begin to understand what my fill in the blank is because this relationship is growing. It all happens here at the church. And there's people who say, you know what, I like Jesus, but I don't like the church. But the church is, is his bride. He cares for the church. The church is the hope for the world. This is a place where we come, we learn, we become equipped, we are sent out, and that we're bringing people back so that they can experience what God is doing here in the local church. And I would encourage you so much to just be involved, to get to a place where you are growing in your relationship. Again, you can get busy. You can get distracted by a lot of different things. I don't want to tell you to come and serve and just come serve because so many times I've seen people get involved and they'll serve and they get so wrapped up in serving that their relationship with Jesus isn't growing. And so when they get tired of serving, they're just gone. And that's not what it's about for anybody. I want to tell you right now that the number one thing that you can focus on is your relationship with because you're so excited about what he's doing in your life, you begin to serve and you work at doing whatever it is that he might want you to do because you're so energized by what he's done for you that you want other people to experience what you experienced. So don't get busy. Find the time because again, you make time for what's important. Don't listen to the voices. Spend some time and separate yourself. If you feel like at times that there are so many things happening, separate yourself. People say, I, I, just, I, just, need, I just need some time for me. 
And that's good. But in reality, you just need some time for you to spend with him. And let your heart be prepared. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.